there is no doubt that these are difficult times. In fact, this week I was speaking with one of our church members who's just celebrated his 90th birthday. And he said to me, Pastor, I lived through World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and a host of other events in my life. But I've never seen anything like this. COVID-19 has completely dominated everything in the world. In fact, our officials tell us that, that right now, as you and I are talking, this is the crux of the crisis here in the United States. These are the crucial times. And as I was reflecting on that this week, approaching this Easter Sunday, it suddenly dawned on me, why would, why would it be any different? Why would it be any different than that a global pandemic would take place and God in all of his wisdom would put Easter right in the middle of the most critical time, in the time when there are the most questions, when for us in the United States, these are the times when the, the numbers are exponentially increasing. Because you see, Easter is the reminder. Easter is the reminder that, that God will not be overcome by the things that overcome the world. I mean, think about it. On the first Easter, as the ladies were walking to the tomb, when they woke up that morning and headed out to carry the spices and, and anoint the body of their teacher, their rabbi, Jesus, who had been crucified on Friday, on that first Easter morning, as they, as they walked toward the tomb, they didn't know Jesus was already alive. They woke up in the grip of grief, just like many of us are living in the grip of grief. They had questions. Who would roll away the stone? Would the soldiers allow them access to the body? Were they going to have to argue with someone in order to get to do what they felt called to do? They had questions going through their mind over and over and over again, just like we have questions right now, today. It is not lost on God that in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our questions, in the midst of the greatest worldwide pandemic of our lifetime, God still brings us the truth that he has overcome the world and that Jesus, Jesus takes our sorrow and he turns it into joy. That's what he did for those ladies. That's what he did for the disciples. That's what he's done for the world. Easter turns sorrow into joy by giving us an eternal perspective on life. The interesting thing to me about the Easter story is that Jesus had spent much time trying to teach the disciples what was going to happen, but because it was so far beyond their comprehension, they couldn't grasp it. Even on that last night as they were together in the upper room, Jesus was trying to tell the disciples what was about to happen, and they were asking questions, and he was giving answers, and, and yet he kept trying to tell them, listen, you're going to walk through hard times. This is not going to be easy, but I will be there when the hard times come. I will turn your sorrow into joy. This Easter, my prayer for you is that you will, like the disciples, discover 
That in the midst of your sorrow, in the midst of our world's grief, we can discover the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen with me to the dialogue that went on that night in the upper room in John chapter 16 as Jesus is trying to describe to the disciples what he was going to try to do for them, what he would accomplish for them through his death and his burial and even his resurrection. Listen to John chapter 16, verse 16. A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again a little while, and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me because I'm going to the Father. So they were saying, what does he mean, a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. And so Jesus knew what they were talking about, what they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking yourselves? What I meant when I said, a little while and you will not see me, and again, a little while and you will see me? Truly I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. How does, how does God, through Jesus Christ, turn sorrow into joy? First of all, he does what Jesus did. He tries to give us instruction. This Easter Sunday, my prayer for you is that in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our worry, in the midst of our fear, we would hear again the words of Jesus that he is with us. Even when we don't see him, even when we don't feel him, he is still present and he, and he promises us something. He promises us a relationship. That's what Easter's all about. Easter gives us joy out of our sorrow by, by giving us the anticipation of a, of a renewed relationship with Jesus. I, I grew up in a family where um, we loved to travel, but we traveled really spontaneously. In fact, one of the standing jokes in, in my family growing up was that if my father said, hey, we want to take a trip, my mother and my brothers and I would be standing at the car with suitcases in hand in 15 minutes. We, we'd just be ready to go. I mean, that, that's what we would do. And, and until the day my parents died, they were known in our family for just deciding to get up and go and take a trip. I married a girl from a family that had a totally different viewpoint about trips. You see, in my wife's family, anticipating the trip, planning the trip, thinking about what you're going to do on the trip, those things were, those things were as much fun as actually taking the trip. In fact, I have watched my mother-in-law plan for a trip for a period of over two months. I've seen her start packing her suitcase for a trip that she's been anticipating where she's going to go and visit with family or she and my wife are going to go and take a trip together. And, and what they do is they pack a suitcase and then they think about it and they go, no, I don't want that. And then they pull it out and they put something else in and, and they have all of this discussion and all of this anticipation about what's going to happen. You see, what Jesus was telling the disciples on the night before he died was this, look, I want you to anticipate the joy this, this joy that's going to come in spite of your sorrow, in spite of your lament, in spite of your grief, I want you to anticipate. I want you to find joy in anticipating what I'm going to do in your life. This Easter, friend, 
If there's one thing I could, I could wish for you in the midst of this grief is that you would so believe in the fact that, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that you would so embrace the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that you would hear the Easter story in such a powerful way that you would have this sense of anticipation. You would have this sense of knowing that there's joy. There's joy that will come in spite of your sorrow. The psalmist said it to us this way, Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping only lasts for the night. Joy comes in the morning. This Easter, no matter how high the COVID-19 number reports are, no matter how exponential our grief grows as we watch people we love and care for suffer from a, a virus, an ailment, we can't even begin to comprehend We've got to hear the words of Jesus. Even when the world is full of brokenness, we can anticipate a relationship with him that carries us through. That's why he said it. That's why he said to the disciples those very powerful words, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Easter turns our sorrow into joy when we realize that God is here and he will be with us and he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. But, but, it, but it, also, it also turns our sorrow into joy because it's not all anticipation. No, no. Easter is the realization that there is new life in Jesus Christ for you and for me. John, as he's recording Jesus' words, tells us a story that, that Jesus used on that night to help the disciples understand this whole process. He, Jesus turns to one of the basic things of life, the, the birth of a child. Listen to what he said. When a woman is giving birth... She has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. I have two sons. Their births were totally different experiences for my wife. You see, my first son, she went into labor with him at noon, and he was delivered at 6 p.m. Six hours of labor. Her first child the little fella came into the world, and we thought, man, birth is easy. And then the second son was born. And the labor began at 8 o'clock in the morning. And he arrived after midnight. 16 hours she was in labor with that child. And I have to tell you that experiencing both births, the one that was rather fast and the one that seemed to drag on forever, both of them were totally different experiences until one, one special moment. You see, in each case, my wife's body contracted. In each case, my wife went through pain. In each case, my wife was struggling to give birth to the child. But in both cases, when the child came, suddenly all the pain, all the sorrow, all the angst of the birth process was gone.
Because when you move past merely anticipating what God is going to do, when you move past the anticipation of God's activity in your life and you get to the place where you realize, you know what, God has given new life. God has brought life into my world. He has brought light into my darkness. Then suddenly, suddenly Easter isn't just something that we dressed up for and celebrated with, with all the buying of clothes and candy and hunts and family reunions, things that we can't do this year due to the, the rules of sheltering down and the response to the COVID-19 outbreak. Easter's more than that, and life is more than that. And what Jesus was telling the disciples and thereby telling us is that when we walk through the sorrow, when we anticipate the joy, there will come a time when we will realize the new life. And the new life has this depth of relationship, this depth of relationship with Jesus Christ that we can trust, a relationship that brings confidence with it. A relationship where, where no, one, no one else can take the place of Jesus. You see, this connection with Jesus, it, it fulfills us at the deepest levels of our life. Listen to the way Jesus said it. So, also, you're going to have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. On the way to a tomb they thought was full, on that first Easter Sunday. The women and then Peter and John went running into what they did not know. When the ladies arrived carrying the, carrying the spices and the ointments and they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, there was all this question until the angels said, Hey, are you looking for Jesus? He's no longer here among the dead. He is alive. He is with you. When Peter and John showed up at the tomb and they looked inside and they, they saw the claws that had wrapped his body and, and now they, they saw what he had promised them. Now the words from, from just a couple of nights earlier suddenly meant so much to them because now, now what they were doing is they were seeing that while they had spent this time in sorrow, while they had spent this time in lament, while they had spent this time in fear, now suddenly the promise was fulfilled. Jesus was there. I love the way the author tells us that when Mary was standing in the garden weeping and Jesus showed up at first at first 
she didn't recognize him. In fact, she thought he was the gardener. No, she didn't recognize him at all until he called her name. And when he called her name, she suddenly understood. When he called her name, she suddenly felt it. She felt all the sorrow, all the grief, all the fear turn into this amazing joy that the one person who knew her better than anybody else was not dead. He was alive. And he had made a way for her. This Easter, in the midst of a global pandemic, a worldwide crisis, God wants you to know that he is alive and that he is calling you by name. Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter's son, the one they crucified and mocked and spit upon, the one they drug off a cross and buried in a borrowed tomb. He didn't stay there because, you see, the heartache of the world and the sorrow of your life never overcomes the love and the grace and the power of God in Jesus Christ. He makes a way for us every day, every moment. You are not alone. He is with you. So this Easter, take heart. This Easter, understand that Jesus is the way maker who made a way through death and burial to life. And he, as the writer of Hebrews tells us, is the first fruits of our salvation. What he did, he did so you and I could do the same thing. When we come to death, we can know that there is life on the other side. Jesus, Jesus uses Easter to turn our sorrow into joy so that we can be in a relationship with him for eternity. He is the one who makes a way. He is the one who works the miracles. He is the one who gives the light in the midst of our darkness.